Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada you don't take yada yada in life don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide this episode is brought to you by alienware during dell tech fest score game-changing innovations with limited time deals on select next-gen alienware gaming tech new dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the alienware m18 laptop powered by an intel core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals liquid cooling three-dimensional audio with dolby atmos and impressive overclocking potential your dream setup amazing prices and free shipping await you for a limited time only at alienware That's Alienware.com slash deals. Welcome to the show, fellow conspiracy realist. Funny story, uh, on the way to record our podcast several years ago, we learned about something called CERN. Yes, and just like the title of this episode, we became immediately, immensely concerned about it. Get it? Get it? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, (laughs) this dives into uh, some bleeding edge science, uh, allegations of conspiracy theories and thought experiments on the part of some of the world's smartest human beings at the time. Yeah, the Large Hedron Collider. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now. Or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello and welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. They call me Ben. We are joined with our super producer, Paul Deccant. Uh, Noel is away for the moment, but will return soon. Mm-hmm. As long as time still works the way that we conventionally understand it. Most importantly, you are you. That makes this stuff they don't want you to know. And I will get rid of this pun at the very top because Matt and our super producer, Paul, are already so tired of hearing me say it. Today's title is, Should We Be Concerned? Yes, concerned. And for some reason, C-E-R-N is capitalized in that title. And that reason (laughs) is that we are talking about an organization that uh, if you are like most human beings on this planet now with an internet connection, you have heard of CERN. It's an organization uh, that has constructed something that you may have also heard of called the Large Hadron Collider. Yes, yes, sir. The Large Hadron Collider. That's what it's most uh, well known for. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, that wasn't, you know, was, was it best for us to just get that pun out of I the way? I think we had to, and, but I'm also in love with the title, so. Okay, no well, changes. I promise I won't, I won't push it too much. Uh, <laughs> yes, you've, you've probably remember hearing for years now about CERN and the Large Hadron Collider, and you've probably seen some, frankly, garbage explanations on mainstream news about how that works in non-mainstream news and probably in non-mainstream news as well. And, uh, you have hopefully also checked out some wonderful in-depth explanations about what this thing is and what it does. And we'll address some of that as well. But first we want to establish that CERN is responsible for much more than a single incredibly significant series of experiments. Yeah, it's essentially responsible for the creation of what we know as the World Wide Web, that www that you type in sometimes when you're yeah. using a computer and you're a lot of times not on your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it did that in 1989. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yes, the web was originally conceived by Tim Berners-Lee, and it was developed to meet this demand for automatic information sharing between scientists and universities and institutes around the world. It's that thing we always talk about. Uh, in the past, if you're a scientist and you're working on some research, you just have your research and what was written down and you mm-hmm. have access to. And if you can send that information that you're working on immediately to everybody else and yeah. you can get everybody else's yeah. – <gasps> changing the game, man. And so this really helped research at the time when it had a sort of rarefied or very specific set of users and a specific set of desires. And of course, they all said, "We sh- this is great. We should do this with everything and we should have everyone check it out. What could go wrong? Yeah, it'll be fine. Right. And, uh, you know, now, <laughs> now the uh, internet is what it is which is also changing. And I just want to go on record here. This has nothing to do with today's episode uh, in saying that as a personal opinion, any any ideologies or politics aside, uh, the FCC's decision to sell the American people down the river is just that, a massive betrayal, and it's going to be terrible. Yeah, the day prior to recording this episode, the FCC voted to strike down the net neutrality rules that were put in place uh, under the Obama administration and that uh, essentially the Internet has been functioning on for its entire existence. Mm-hmm. Just being open and access to information is just for anybody who has a connection. And I would be really curious to see whether you or Paul or Noel uh, support the FCC's, I guess they would call it a uh, quote-unquote d- decision for mm-hmm. the quote-unquote good because it, it's rare that I'm going to be so open with an opinion about yeah. this thing. But if you if you have kids – uh, you should be concerned because we often hear from organizations around the world about the dangers of inequality in an economic sense. But history has proven and sadly the future will prove that an inequality of access to information is at least as dangerous as a lack of access to the coupon system we practice today. Mm. Okay. Money, you mean? Yeah, sorry. I'm doing like hot takes left and right. Hey, man. Uh, on, on a good note, Matt, when we were looking at some of this background for CERN, it made me recall an other, another series that you and I used to do, Stuff of Genius. Yeah, we did do Stuff of Genius for a while there. We looked at inventors that were 
lesser known and Ooh. the cool things that they created that have shaped our world and civilization. And here's the thing. It's an animated show. Yeah. Animated on Final Cut Pro 7. <laughs> what? And uh, Photoshop. By Matt the Madman Frederick himself. And mostly Tyler Klang. And some Matt Tyler. Frederick. <laughs> and if you, uh, if you do some digging, you can find episodes that Matt did the voice work on as well, right? Are they still out there? You can find them somewhere, yeah. They exist. So do check out Stuff of Genius and let us, let us know what you think. Cause we had, we had a lot of fun doing that one. And don't forget coolest stuff on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> which was Matt's, uh, which don't, was Matt's travel show. Don't ever search for that. Okay. <laughs> it's too late. Next. Next, uh, the first website at CERN. Yes, exactly. Is that what you want to talk about? Yes. Instead of coolest stuff on the planet? Well, next was the computer, right? Uh, Tim Berners-Lee, the gentleman who was working uh, with CERN, mm-hmm. uh, he created this first website, which was essentially about the web itself. This is how you use this service. These are all the things you need to do to access other people's documents, how to set up your it, own server. It's like an FAQ. Yeah, exactly. It was the world's first website. Yes. So the next machine, and that is capital N, little e, capital X, capital T, is still at CERN. Isn't mm-hmm. that correct? Yeah, really cool. And uh, it's been there for so long, it's really neat that in 2013, CERN actually reinstated the website, the original first website, to its or- original address. And you can go there right now if you want to, to check it out. Check it out today, folks. And that website is info.cern.ch. Check it out. And, and Paul, while we're talking about that, is there sort of a retro sci-fi music cue you could throw in? Perfect. He's so good at that. You are so good at that, Paul. Uh, so CERN has done a ton of things. Uh, uh-huh. Throughout the years, we mentioned this already. We talked about the first website, awesome. We talked about the collider, the Large Hadron Collider that right. we will get into later. There are other things that they discovered through experimentation, uh, things like things that I don't fully understand. I just to be honest with you, um, things like W and Z bosons that I, you know, mm-hmm. sure, uh, I, I think I kind of understand what that means, but not really. And before that, they discovered neutral currents in this thing called the Gargamel bubble chamber, which sounds like a villain of some sort, but, you know, that's that's fine. Well, Gargamel from the Smurfs, right? Gargamel. Wasn't Gargamel <clears throat> bad? In the Smurfs, the character Gargamel was bad. Yes. Uh, but Gargamel itself was a heavy liquid bubble chamber detector that was operating for nine years in the 70s. It was trying to detect neutrinos and anti-neutrinos. And it found neutral currents. And it found neutral currents, yeah. And, of course, we are we are not physicists. No. Most people are not. No. As it turns out. Uh, but we do know that we, we do have a grasp of some of the experiments that CERN has conducted and – What's important to note is that it's not just the Large Hadron Collider. Uh, they also created anti-hydrogen atoms in 1995, which, again, as a non-physicist, to me that, you know, my thought is, why would you do that? Why, why would you, we're a family show, so I will say, why would you futz with 
things that were fine. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Well, because we have to find out, Ben. That, that's what science and all this is all about. We just got to know. Um, smarter people than I need to know. And, Matt, according to numerous people, CERN may be responsible for much, much, much. So much more. So much more. And we'll explore the facts surrounding CERN after a word from our sponsors. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know. Taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life and you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. Matt. Yeah. Earlier when we were off air, you and I talked about when to just explain what CERN was. Yes. And you were completely right. My old friend, we should have done it at the top of the show. Uh, I don't. I don't know if we're right. I see. There's a bit of a an elongation that it's just keeping you on the edge of your seat. Like, what is CERN? It turns out that CERN is an acronym for the Council European pour la Recherche Nucléaire, which I am not pronouncing very well. Okay. What does that mean in English? It means the European Organization for Nuclear Research. And as we as we said before, it's most well known for its massive thing called mm-hmm. the Large Hadron Collider. It is not an ironic name. 
It's not, you know, like a, a little John sort of moniker. It's, it's describing a massive particle accelerator. And you, like many people, friends and neighbors, listeners, um, demons and angels out there in the audience may be wondering what the heck is a particle accelerator. We're very glad you asked. So essentially it's a machine that speeds up with using magnets, uh, giant magnets that were, they're like 1900 tons or, or more, 1920 tons. I don't know exactly, but it's huge. These giant magnets, they speed up and increase the energy of a beam of particles and they generate these electric fields that accelerate these particles that just basically continue to accelerate them, uh, going around a large loop. And the magnetic fields that they have surrounding kind of the track that they send these particles around, it's just, it's just accelerating them and steering them and focusing them down into a tiny little beam. And then they smash them together. Tight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, did I, I, I told you about this, right? I've accidentally, I've been falling into this thing. You know how sometimes words just as concepts are, mm-hmm. are mimetic entities of a type and sometimes slang from the past or from a different language mm-hmm. just sort of gets stuck in your mind like a splinter in your finger. Yeah. And so tight has been stuck in my head and I am trying to tamp it down. No worries. But that was an excellent explanation. It was okay, I think. We got through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a couple different types of these accelerators that have been used and built in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is a linear accelerator or a linear accelerator. And that's where a beam of particles travels um, essentially in a straight line. I mean, it makes sense, right? Lin- sure. Linear. Yeah, yeah. Um, from one end to the other end. Point A to point B. Yeah. And with these, you can have maybe two of them that are on either side of this line and mm-hmm. you shoot the beams at each other and they hit in the center and that's when you're doing your experimentation right at that center point where they're colliding. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Then you got these circular accelerators like the Large Hadron Collider mm-hmm. that have this ring essentially, uh, a circle of sorts that they, the, the particles just travel around this thing, accelerating, accelerating, just mm-hmm. getting faster and faster and faster and faster till they reach a point where it's getting pretty close to stuff we would observe with what we believe to be the Big Bang. Ah, and yes. they smash them together and that, that point of smashing mm-hmm. <laughs> is where they do their, uh, major testing. Smash point. Yeah, it's a smash point. It's pretty tight. <laughs> oh no. I've spread, I've spread the, my, my linguistic disease to you and I apologize. In 2008, speaking of segues, CERN built uh, the Large Hadron Collider. It's not only 27 kilometers in length. It is a it is a circular accelerator, as Matt described earlier. Uh, it is also the world's most powerful accelerator as we record this now at the very end of 2017. It has a it has these superconducting magnets and it has a number of other ancillary structures built to accelerate the energy of the particles along the way. And inside the accelerator, there are these two high energy beams, particle beams, that are traveling at close to the speed of light before they finally hit one another. It's crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. It's so cool that we could even achieve that as it is. humans. <laughs> it is. 
it's astonishing. Mm-hmm. Just to be frank with you, and I'm, I'm being sincere. Mm-hmm. I'm being sincere in that point. Um, the beams travel in opposite directions in separate pipes, separate beam pipes, which is the phrase that CERN uses. Yes, beam pipes. Beam pipes. Uh, the tubes are kept at an ultra high vacuum. They're guided around by the magnetic field. Mm-hmm produced by the superconducting magnets and the electromagnets themselves are built from these coils of a cable that virtually conducts electricity without resistance or loss of energy. So these are very, very efficient. Mm -hmm. And to make these magnets, these super cool magnets that are Super cool on several levels. Yes, to make them function at that level. Right, right. Uh, what do you have to do? Well, you, it has to be – the environment has to be extremely cold. The magnets themselves have to be crazy cold. Uh, it requires the, the magnets be negative 271.3 degrees Celsius. Uh, that's a temperature colder than outer space. Let's say you're on a spacewalk as an astronaut. It is colder in these supermagnets, or these these supermagnets are colder than you would be if you were standing outside in outer space. So, two hundred and seventy-one degrees Celsius is about five hundred and nineteen point eight degrees Fahrenheit. So, so it's minus that. Minus that, yeah. <laughs> which which is insane, but is the nature of the business. And the LHC, I guess we can start calling it that now. Yeah, yeah. I think we know it well enough to okay. call it that. The LHC was designed for a couple of different things, but one of its primary purposes was to prove the existence of something called the Higgs boson. And I can tell you what it is real briefly if you want. Yeah, please Before, do. Okay. I'd love to know. All right. So there is – I know it's been called the God Particle. It has been called the God Particle, and you and I would hang out and wonder whether this would lead to the end of the world because we received emails about this. A lot. Plenty. We're going to borrow some quotes from an excellent article called What Exactly is the Higgs Boson? Available at HowStuffWorks.com by an author named Jonathan Atbury. Mm-hmm. So to understand what the Higgs Boson is, we need to examine – the theories describing the way the cosmos works. And we'll call it the standard model. Okay. Also not an ironic name. Sounds good. So here's the gist of the standard model. And it comes to us, comes to our species around the early 1970s. The idea is that the entire universe, everything you know and everything you or your friends will ever encounter or your ancestors or your descendants, capital E everything, is ultimately made up of 12 different sorts of particles of matter and four forces. In the 12 particles, you'll encounter six things called quarks and six things called leptons. Quarks are what comprise protons and neutrons, while the things we call leptons include electrons and the electron neutrino. Scientists think that you cannot break leptons and quarks into smaller particles Mm -hmm. so far. So we've got those 12 particles and then we have four forces that sort of captain planet together to make the universe run. Yeah, and that's gravity, 
which you're probably aware of, uh, going up and going down, but there's more to it than that. Uh, electromagnetic force, that's what you see in magnets. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got strong and weak forces, and these are more of the nuclear forces um, mm-hmm. that have to do with the way atoms interact. It gets a little intense when you're getting down into those forces and trying to truly understand them. And that's why being a particle physicist is a high paying job. And a demanding one, right? And a very important one. So we've got those, let's, let's focus on those four fundamental forces. Scientists believe that each of those forces that Matt just named have a corresponding carrier particle, which they call a boson, B-O-S-O-N, that acts upon Matter. And there's a cool analogy in here. Some physicists have described bosons as weights anchored by mysterious rubber bands to the matter particles that generate them. So we can think of particles constantly snapping back out of existence in an instant, yet equally capable of becoming entangled with other rubber bands attached to other bosons. Yeah, this is easy to understand stuff. I feel like you're being sarcastic. <laughs> this is, I mean, it's just, it's very, it's just difficult stuff to wrap your head around. That's all. Mm-hmm. Because they were, we're also describing the movement of matter through the universe, right? Yes. And the forces, the forces acting upon that matter and the rules of the road for those forces. If they are like chess pieces that can only move in, Certain directions. Yes, 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 yes. So that's what they're looking for. And they've been trying to do this for a while, right? Yes, they have been. Let's travel all the way back to 1953 to the sixth section, the sixth session of the CERN Council, which took place in Paris um, from June 29th to July 1st. The convention established the organization was uh, signed. They were subject to ratification by 12 different states. The convention was gradually uh, ratified by the founding member states. We're mm-hmm. talking Belgium, Denmark, mm-hmm. France, the Federal Republic of Germany, Greece, Italy, the Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, Switzerland, the United Kingdom, and Yugoslavia. And Yugoslavia. So one one thing that's interesting about this is that Conspiracy theorists or, or fringe researchers see this international cooperation mm-hmm. as very strong circumstantial evidence that something – oh, I was going to say that something's rotten in Denmark. But Shakespeare aside, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't apply. But that's uh, – you know, some people distrust that level of geopolitical cooperation. Uh, yeah, so many different governing entities mm-hmm. having their hands in this. Got it. Or, you know, it could just be humans working together to do the coolest experiments possible. I really appreciate that point, Matt. And I hope that's the case. I was just going to argue that it was probably too expensive for each of those countries to afford on their own. But Makes a lot of sense, too. Yeah. Shadowy cabal, interested scientists Voltroning together, everybody figuring out how to foot the bill regardless on – The 17th of May in 1954, they first broke earth and Geneva officials were watching, members of the CERN staff were watching, construction continues till September of the same year and CERN officially comes into being located there in Switzerland and today you can 
find CERN. It's still the same place. You mm-hmm. can view it on Google Earth. It's huge. It's gigantic. It's based in a suburb near Geneva on the border between France and Switzerland. And currently it has 22 member states. Uh, the United States is not a full member of CERN. Nope. Israel is the only non-European full member of CERN. It has expanded from 12 to 22 member states. And in addition to the Large Hadron Collider, these physicists, these engineers, some of the smartest people in the world are probing the fundamental structure of the universe. Yeah, they're they're studying the basic the basic pieces of matter, the things that are the building blocks that create the this table and these hands. Blah, blah, blah. That's the hand sound. That's the hand yeah. sound. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it's, it, it's like we said, we keep reiterating. It's incredibly cool. They're talking about um, colliding, you know, mm-hmm. particles. That's what they do. They, they hang around all day. They speed up particles to the speed of light almost, mm-hmm. and they smash them together, and they see what happens. Because... Without this sort of technology, physicists would ultimately be participating in thought experiments, right? Yeah, and a lot of it still is thought experiments that they're trying to prove mm-hmm. uh, one way or the other by mm-hmm. doing these experiments. To uh, to transform a guess into observable science, yes. right? Yes, yes. And one of the really interesting things that you noted earlier, Matt, is you said this is for me where science becomes magic. This is like my Arthur C. Clarke threshold. Without directly observable science, at the very edges of theoretical science, what what we encounter is, is very close to mysticism or mm-hmm. or articles of faith. Yeah. If you're a world expert on something – your best guess automatically becomes leading theory. Exactly. And that is ultimately what they're testing at CERN. It's the fundamental laws of nature that govern all matter and all existence. And a lot of these are, you know, they're testable and provable to a certain extent. But then when you get deeper and deeper and deeper down into the the subatomic and then even deeper levels – it's harder to know what is real and what's not. And that's why CERN is so important. Furthermore, that's why CERN for many people is so frightening. Yes. We'll get into something a little stranger after a word from our sponsor. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life and you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Matt, I, I have to ask you because you and I were working together years and years ago when a lot of news about the Large Hadron Collider and the search for the Higgs boson popped up mm -hmm. in the mainstream. What was your experience like hearing that news and as we were learning about this? Around the time, uh, the website Dig was pretty big. And uh, I would go there all the time and they would have updates, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and I would watch news conferences that were live with updates from CERN about, you know, they're getting the... Uh, the LHC is preparing to uh, run some tests, but they're having some issues with some of the magnets. Right. Um, let's see. I would watch with bated breath with some of these press conferences where they're going to announce something and nothing came for a long time. You know, nothing official about the Higgs boson. Mm -hmm. um, but then when it did, I think it's still so out there beyond my understanding that it's hard for me to wrap my head around it, but I remember being excited knowing that we at least had a better grasp on whatever this field is, this Higgs field, mm -hmm. uh, that connects all matter. I, that made me really excited. Yeah, and it's it's amazing to believe that something some of the most intelligent people in the world have been essentially guessing at for so long turned out to be a real thing. There's this sort of, um, what was the phrase you used? Baited breath? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that perfectly encapsulates it because, you know, there's this, there's this immense relief that every person encounters when it turns out that the universe obeys something we can understand. Yeah. For a moment. Because there's a certain amount of certainty. That you can get from that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, simultaneously, as we're reading about this, we're hearing about it and updates are coming. We're also making this show, the video portion of this show at this time. Mm -hmm. And we are, you know, 
we are getting letters, we're getting you know, people tweeting at us and everything, telling us about all of the things that CERN is doing in the Large Hadron Collider mm-hmm. that are going to essentially end humanity or destroy the planet in some way or at least cause havoc. Right, yes. So over the years leading to and after its construction, CERN became the subject of numerous strange rumors, conspiracy theories, and some would argue uh, legitimate worries. So what gives? I, I remember several of the several of the things we received, many of which were very in-depth and one of the ones that you brought up recently when we were doing research for this episode was the story of the time-traveling saboteur. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, okay. In the days leading up to the first proof of the Higgs boson, as Which is 2012. 2012, right? yeah. The exact date. Yeah, you can find it. Uh, but we um, – I remember reading that there were a lot of issues with the collider itself. There was some malfunctioning occurring. I think there was something with birds, and I couldn't find it when I looked again, but I thought something occurred with birds. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. They, some, started, uh, um, they started speaking Aramaic and their eyes were bleeding. That was, was that the, it? That was yeah. the major part of it. <laughs> but um, but there, were, there were a bunch of small issues that were occurring, and then parts of the collider, parts of the magnet, uh, mm-hmm. one of the magnets wouldn't function correctly, so they kept putting off and putting off and putting off right. uh, the ability to actually do this testing and then run all of the diagnostics on the testing that you need to analyze the data that you get back. Because uh-huh. that's where you actually find out if you found the Higgs um, boson particle. Right, yeah. When the experiments are happening, when it's in media rests, they have no – I mean, you can tell if things are working. Yes. But it takes some rigorous analysis afterwards to – Find what you found. Yeah, supercomputers to go, all right, we're going to look at all this data for mm, a couple months. <laughs> Minimum. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as we're saying, the idea was that perhaps there was some time traveler who had come back to 2011, 2012 to sabotage mm-hmm. the Large Hadron Collider because something terrible was going to happen in the immediate future because of these experiments. So this uh, benevolent time traveler, traveler just sabotaged the magnets. He brought some birds in apparently to mess mm-hmm. things up. Um, mm-hmm. The weird birds that speak languages they shouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I'm having fun with I, I got you. I'm following you. Well, the, the idea there is is fascinating because it's one of the biggest tropes of time travel, the – the belief that um, someone would come from a possible future to prevent that future occurring and the various ways in which that quickly becomes a mind-boggling paradox. Mm-hmm. Stephen King has a novel called 11-22-63 in which a, a character attempts to – this is not much of a spoiler. A character attempts to – Prevent the assassination of President Kennedy. Yeah, because he's stuck in a time loop on that day, or he's chosen to enter a time loop accidentally, <laughs> and he just uh, Groundhog Day's the assassination essentially. So he has one one thing that really stuck out for me in the, in the concept or the language of the book is the phrase "the past is obdurate." Meaning that 
in in the book it is or in this universe in this story it is possible to make small changes right we can we can put a coffee cup on the left side of a desk versus the right and the world spins as it will but that to enact a larger change like causing or preventing the death of a of a person who for a moment was a hinge upon which humanity human civilization swung that becomes a bigger order a uh, much larger bag of badgers and it is either impossible or incredibly dangerous to do so so with that kind of internal logic which again I'm completely plagiarizing from a completely fictional book mm-hmm. um in this in this internal logic then if a time traveler is attempting to prevent something incredibly important, whether incredibly good, incredibly bad, then it would be a huge shift and it would be a problem. But then we also have to think if somebody had the benefit of retrospect, right, couldn't they travel back to the 1950s and prevent CERN from being built? That's probably smarter. You know, um, But somebody was going to build it at some point. I mean, you prevented that one. You got to think. Mm-hmm. Maybe a group of scientists here in the United States, working with Canada and Mexico, created our version of the LHC. We almost did, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. But but you know, <laughs> it's tough. It's that whole weird butterfly effect thing where somebody, and especially the idea of science itself, somebody somewhere is going to try it. And if we if we treat this as a thought experiment, mm-hmm. one thing that is baffling. And, and, and look, let's be honest. Most, most people nowadays do not believe in some sort of physical nonlinear time travel, mm-hmm. right? But here's the thing. Whether you believe in this idea or not, the weirdest and for me most disturbing aspect of this entire concept is that if a time traveler did change something, we would have no idea. No. Because our reality would just move along. It may have already happened. Yeah numerous times right and you and i feel (laughs) like we have been doing this show together for a number of years but have we who was actually sitting here before the timeline changed oh dude i think it was i think it was me but but was it i don't know Uh uh-oh uh-oh wait who's that oh it's just paul okay you're staring. <laughs> Matt is Matt is uh, staring at Super Producer Paul, seeing if he can uh, get a reaction from him. Did yeah. You, did you get one? I was looking at you, looking at Paul. He's got that poker face. Wow. That, uh, the, oh, oh, you got an eyebrow lift. All right. <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna move on. I am still paying for that pun at the top. Uh, hey, uh, full disclosure: our Christmas uh, holiday party uh-huh. was last night, so all of us, you know. We we got down. So oh, yeah. This morning we're recording mm-hmm. this. We're we're all a little loopy. I think I think that's all right. We're having a good time in here, especially Paul. He's having the best time. <laughs> so, speaking of time travel, uh, John Titor, if you are listening, please oh. feel free to clue us in on what may or may not be happening at CERN if there's any nonlinear time travel involved, and. John Tidor, since you are one of the most famous alleged time travelers in our day and age, uh, we would love to invite you to our holiday party uh, that <laughs> occurs yesterday. 
You know, there were some people I didn't know there. Yeah, there were a lot of people I didn't know there. Hmm. I've got to start wearing a disguise for that thing. Uh, this is just, this is just one of the conspiracy theories or fringe beliefs about CERN. Other stuff, believe it or not, is even stranger. One story involves human sacrifice. Yeah, a video showed up online in 2016 of what appeared to be human sacrifice occurring in the Geneva facility of CERN. Um, it looked like some kind of occult ritual. Um, there was a mock human sacrifice that occurred. You can watch the video. You can see at least parts of it online. The Guardian has a great write-up on it if you uh, just type some of those search words in. Sure. Um, it looks like uh, a woman gets stabbed. By uh, these people wearing Ro- black cloaks, black robes. Yeah. And it's conducted in front of a large statue of Shiva, the Hindu deity. Yeah. Um it looks intense, let's say that. Mm-hmm. But according to The Guardian and uh, some of the sources they used, it appears to be at least not genuine. Like nobody actually got hurt. Uh-huh. It appears to be just some people goofing around. Sure. At least that's the official story. Sure thing, yeah. And Bohemian Grove is just a summer camp. Yeah, uh, it is, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure – I'm. Sure, that's what a spokesperson for Bohemian Grove has said. Okay. Oh, okay, look, this was probably a prank. Bohemian Grove is real. Uh, <laughs> these, a certain spokeswoman told, uh, told a French press agency that this, these scenes were filmed on our premises, but without official permission or knowledge, CERN does not condone this type of spoof, which can give rise to misunderstandings about the scientific nature of our work. Yeah, and it should be known that the people responsible for pulling the prank did have access badges. So they were there. Uh, it's not like they didn't have permission to be on the campus. So people who really did work at CERN at least faked a human sacrifice. <laughs> yes. That's that's true. <laughs> yes. Right? At the very least, they faked it. For somebody's music video or student film, I'm assuming. I would like to see the the final product. Or... They stab someone. Yep. Yep. That's what you – those are the two things pretty much. Here's another one. Earthquakes. Yeah. Manufactured earthquakes. Not purposely manufactured but, but I mean let's say accidentally man-made, right? Yeah. The idea is that perhaps the LHC is causing earthquakes unbeknownst or it's like a side – it's a side effect of some of the LHC testing – that the scientists didn't expect. The idea came from a couple of different places, including a YouTube channel called BP Earthwatch. So CERN had an experiment called Awake, and it was exploring the use of plasma as an accelerant for uh, particles, right? Mm -hmm. To send particles over a distance and have them retain high energy, right? Or to accelerate particles to high energies over a distance. And one of the experiments involved sending plasma from the LHC underground for 250 miles to the Grand Sasso Nuclear Physics Laboratory in Italy. And for people who believe this theory, well, the argument is this, that CERN's experiment, specifically awake, sending plasma, right, 
underground mm-hmm. through these long distances somehow triggered earthquakes of varying strength and significance. The argument here seems to dwell on their interpretation of maps, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not completely out of bounds because we do know, for instance, that at HARP, before HARP shut its doors, um, they were exciting the ionosphere, mm-hmm. right? So we do know that there can be large scale effects, but, you know, if, if, but if people are causing earthquakes, Here's the first question anybody would ask if they were being skeptical. If people found out they were doing something that was causing earthquakes, why the hell would they do it? Surely they wouldn't keep doing it. Yeah. There's there's no way that people who manufacture earthquakes and know that they're doing it would keep doing it. The motive's yeah. just not there. Yeah, the motive's not there. I mean, you – you wouldn't continue testing nuclear weapons underground if it caused earthquakes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that totally does it. That oh. is true. Yeah, that's a good point because in the DPRK, aka North Korea, uh, underground nuclear testing does in fact cause earthquakes. Well, yeah. Another example would be, you know, if you were shooting some kind of hydraulic mixture of chemicals into the ground to break up the rock so you could get more oil out. Uh, and it just happened to cause earthquakes, you wouldn't do that anymore. Oh, fracking. Yeah, that's right. We're doing that too. Oh my gosh, I guess we're causing like two two uh, versions of man-made earthquakes. Hmm. So the idea that CERN would be causing an earthquake while not scientifically valid is not outside the realm of uh, ridiculous actions by human beings. You know what feels a bit outside that realm but is – so awesome, I want it to be true. What's that, Matt? That uh, that same experiment that was being performed at LHC Awake, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps it was creating a portal, or the whole point of it was to create a portal to another dimension and or a wormhole across the universe. How cool would that be? Because there, there are several uh, YouTube channels that you mm-hmm. can find videos of people purporting that that's what occurred. There's some videos of Intense storms occurring above right. the LHC uh-huh. uh, with just intense lightning going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, the belief there is that they opened a portal either to the underworld, i.e. Satan, or just to, you know, an extraterrestrial planet somewhere. Sort of like upside down. Yeah. A dimension slightly tilted to the left. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's cool, man. Sign me up. I'll go to another dimension. I'll go. I'll go to the Mist World mm-hmm. in that other Stephen King story. I'll gladly <laughs> travel to the Upside Down. The Mist World seems pretty scary. I don't think I would last long. Yeah. Um. But I'd give it a go. <laughs> right. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Here for a good time, not a long time. Okay. Explain something to me. Does the Mist? And this is kind of a spoiler. And just stop listening if you. Don't want to We're hear past this. the statute, man. It's okay. five years. Okay. We established that. Uh, so in the mist, is mm-hmm. it an actual dimension that's being breached or that is coming into our dimension? Or is it just something that affects the mind? Because I started watching this show that's based on the mist. Mm-hmm. And it seems to have a completely different understanding of what it is than what I thought it was. 
I believe the answer is found in the problem uh, a lot of producers have when they're adapting something to television, right? Which is inevitably if a show runs long enough, it dilutes into a soap opera-esque sort of thing about people's relationships. <clears throat> Lost. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, uh, Walking Dead. <laughs> right? Yeah. Walking Dead is like a soap opera where everybody says everyone else's name five times in a paragraph <laughs> and occasionally a zombie shows up. And, you know, there <sighs> look, there are a lot of people who love this show. And I think zombies are really cool monsters. In Atlanta, come on. And Atlanta, yes. Yeah, this is a hometown show. And there's some amazing acting in it. It's just not for me. But I think that's why The Mist happens there. And to answer your question, in the story The Mist, there's a thing. Somebody correct me. Write in and correct me if I'm, if I get this wrong. But there's a, there's a secret government project, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe Project Arrowhead or something. Yes. It's, it's, something to that effect. Yeah. It's rather vague. And what they ultimately do is they open a hole into this dimension from which this mist pours out and the mist sort of functions as the natural environment for the creatures from this dimension, which are all aggressive and kind of dumb and monstrous and they hate you. And some of them are huge, right? Yes. And some are in like the size of a large dinosaur. That is so cool. Okay. I think that's cool too. I'm sorry, sorry to get into too much of that, but the thought of that occurring because of the LHC, I think, mm-hmm. I wonder if that picture, uh, gets overlaid sometimes for people. They imagine something like that occurring at LHC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's this other idea that you introduced me to about asteroids that the LHC could generate a magnetic field that could somehow pull an asteroid toward Earth if the iron content of the rock was high enough. Yeah, this one doesn't hold much water uh, just because of the science involved and how strong of an electromagnetic field, you know, is actually being created at the LHC Mm -hmm. and how strong that would have to be to have any effect on any body that's, you know, outside of our um, atmosphere. However, one thing that really could happen. Oh, the one thing. Black holes. Black freaking holes. The scariest thing that exists in our universe, in my opinion. The LHC could legitimately, in theory, produce miniature black holes. Which miniature. S- which still function as black holes, uh, and scientists readily admit this. Yes, we've got a statement from a CERN spokesman, and this comes from express.co.uk. Quote, Although powerful for an accelerator, the energy reached in the LHC is modest by nature's standards. Cosmic rays, particles produced by events in outer space, collide with particles in the Earth's atmosphere at much greater energies than those of the LHC. These cosmic rays have been bombarding the Earth's atmosphere as well as other astronomical bodies since the bodies were formed with no harmful consequences. These planets and stars have stayed intact despite these higher energy collisions over billions of years. The LHC will not generate black holes in the cosmological sense. However, some theories suggest that the formation of tiny quantum black holes may be possible. The observation of such an event would be thrilling in terms of our understanding of the universe and would be perfectly safe. 
unquote. So don't you feel better? Nah, because the, <laughs> uh, because, you know, there are other people who argue that the risk of operating the LHC disproportionately outweighs anything, um, any benefit science might gain from experiments. And this is from another spokesperson for an outfit called lchdefense.org. It is not possible to know what the outcome of the experiments will be, but even CERN scientists concede there is a real possibility of creating destructive theoretical anomalies such as miniature black holes. We just heard him say it. Right. And for people who are concerned about this, uh, they believe these events have the potential to fundamentally alter matter and destroy the planet because a miniature black hole would be trapped in Earth's gravitational field and over seconds to hours – interact, acquire more mass, and if the theoretical process of Hawking radiation doesn't work as predicted or as quickly as predicted, then the black hole might stick around. The thing that people say is if these theoretical tiny entities, Mm -hmm. quantum black holes were created, they would wink out of existence um, almost instantaneously to human observers. Yeah, you don't, you would pretty much only know by observing the data afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it is really interesting. Certain scientists say that this kind of, um, miniature black hole or quantum mm-hmm. black hole mm-hmm. could have effects on, um, other dimensions, which sounds really interesting to me. So even though it's only a blip in existence in our three dimensional world, well, I guess four dimensions with time, but mm-hmm. it could have effects further on the dimensional scale, which is fascinating, especially if you think about, uh, you know, multiverse theory with the idea that there we exist on a plane, much like a piece of paper. Yeah. And you get all these pieces of paper stacked together mm-hmm. and you create a quantum black hole in the top piece of paper. Let's just say that's where we exist. Mm-hmm. Some for somehow that quantum black hole would go all the way through or at least some of the way through the rest of the papers that are stacked up together. So you could cause a disturbance theoretically hmm. across all of the multiverse, <laughs> which insane. sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> it sounds like a strange idea. It uh, it it gets us to where today's episode concludes because, old friend, we are on the bleeding edge of science. And right now as we record this, it's coming out in 2018, but we're at the very end, the twilight hour of 2017 – And we know that discoveries are being made, Mm -hmm. right, are being worked toward that will fundamentally change our understanding of the universe and possibly our understanding of our own inner workings. And at this point, this is something you were telling me off air, it's all theoretical. Yeah. The good, the bad, it's all theoretical on those tiny, tiny scales that we can barely observe And all we can do is try and discover more by experimenting. And I think that's the right way to go. We just – I would say just humans, we have to be very, very careful of that, doing it because we can rather than we need to understand. It's just so dangerous at some of that – in those levels, it feels so dangerous. Yeah, you know, and I I respect where you're coming from, but you know that I fundamentally – I know. Different in that regard. I know. And maybe that's why we get along so well. (laughs) So we are going to call it a day. Uh, Yet again, we have recorded an episode without the world ending in this timeline at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, The strangest things we have discovered are that 
miniature black holes are a real thing that CERN can create that is not hogwash, uh, that people do manufacture earthquakes. Yep. And everybody's just pretending that's a normal thing. <laughs> it is not, and it's uh, terrible. It's and worth the money. Future historians will see it on the same level as people committing human sacrifice because they're afraid the sun won't go up. Oh, wow. Money is a religion. Ooh. So we also know, speaking of human sacrifice, yeah. that uh, people who worked at CERN are at least doing some weird theater stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the thing, again, that I find most uh, bizarre about this is if there were a time-traveling saboteur or group of saboteurs, we would have no idea. So what do you think of the experiments going on at CERN? Yes, and why do you think it's become this subject of such strange accusations over time? Mm-hmm. Is it just because of the curiosities and the unknowns for minds like myself, which don't fully grasp what's going on? Or is it because there really is something going on, a little a little fuzzy? Is Yeah, is CERN creating fuzzy timelines? Uh, Right? Is the Mandela effect just a ripple of CERN? The guy's over there again. Yes. He, the Paul. Oh, it's just Paul again. Jeez. Yeah. You know Paul. <laughs> okay. You remember me, right? My name's Bill. Uh, yeah. I know Bill. Yeah, we've been working together for years, making right. a show. Well, Mike and I are going to call it a day. No, <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Uh, we hope that you are having a wonderful start to new, your new year, and we'd like to hear from you. Uh, we, especially if you are a physicist, we would love to hear your best analogy for the Higgs boson. Yes, please. And the way bosons function upon these forces, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is 1-833-STDWYTK. If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. 
That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.